0: From Phoenix to London, from L.A. to around the world, this is The Ticket, all sports, all the time, with your boys, former NFL Philadelphia Eagle, Ray Ellis, and Fan Man. Your number one fan-oriented sports talk leader. Voice America Sports. Working making do it. Makes us harder, better, faster, stronger.
1: That's all right, keep working it, work it, work it, work it. You're listening to Real Sports on the Voice of America Network with the number one co-host in the world.
2: Fan man.
1: And, you know, prior to us joining uh, the show, fan man, they had a little old school music going on there, man, and that just kind of takes me to a place where, I, you know, I want to send condolences out, shout out to the families of Isaac Hayes and Bernie Mac. You know, Same too. here yeah two people who left us, and uh, Isaac Hayes, of course, that's some old school stuff there, Family, you got a little background. you know a little bit about that yeah, bit about
2: Isaac Hayes and Billy Preston, Sam yeah. Moore from Sam and Dave Fame. they were all my friends,
1: yeah man, and you know it's a shame he he brought us great music for a long time yes, and, you did. And, 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 do you watch that cartoon that's out now with he he's uh he's the voice of one of those cartoon characters. Uh,
2: south park he uh he got off because I, I I didn't even know this he was part of uh Isaac Hayes was part of Scientology. And I didn't know that. And apparently, the writers of South Park were making fun of Scientology. And he said, "Screw you!" And he was yeah. out of there. Wow! He was the he was the uh, black chef.
1: Yeah, and he. Uh, I think that show's been on for a little while, right?
2: That show's been on for a long time since yeah, the late '90s, I think.
1: Yeah, and it was doing a good job. And of course, uh, Bernie Mac. You know, Bernie Mac. Just that was one of the weird. Great Bernie Mac. All time. That was you know? weird.
2: They, in fact, I, I read about the uh, what they were saying in the hospital, and they told the family that uh, he was going to pull through. And apparently he had he he had some uh some really serious uh, problems, but then he got pneumonia, and they figured, okay, he'll pull through this, but he didn't he didn't do it so yeah it was, really was weird. Uh, it was eerie that they both died over the weekend uh, yeah. because they were doing some movie together or they produced a movie or started a movie together.
1: Well, I know Bernie was a big sports fan you know and and Bernie Mac is the kind of guy where you know uh you just felt like you knew him, you know he'd invite America into his living room when he'd do that you know that comedy that he had yeah he was funny. sitcom you know and then uh, him and, uh, him and Ashton, that, that movie that they made, you know, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner or whatever the hell right, it was. Right, right, that was funny. Oh, man, it was so funny. And and Bernie, and then the kings of comedy, you know. they mm-hmm. He was just a funny man and really made everybody laugh at themselves. And I think that's what will be missed about Bernie Mackey. Well, on
2: the Isaac Hayes side, you know, he wrote Shaft, and he was a producer, writer, and he started in, in the 60s with Sam... Moore and uh, David from Sam and Day Fame, and um, you know, rose through the ranks, and um, just had a little bit of a touch of uh, of um, a connection there through Sam Moore from Sam and Day Fame. But I was I was saddened to hear about Kings. Yeah, I, I, hey, that, that was weird.
1: Yeah, you know, listen, we're ga- we're going to get right into it, you know, and uh, and start talking a little football, you know. Those guys, as I said, they were both sports fans, but uh, the sports fans of today, there's so many things going on. The Olympics is going on, football's going on, you know. Of course. Uh, Baseball's going on. Baseball's going on. So, I mean, it's it's the time of year where the the sports enthusiast enthusiast is really being, I think, satisfied. But we got we got a sports enthusiast with us on the line. Uh, I think is is it Brian? Brian, are you there?
3: Yeah. How you doing, Ray? Oh, I'm doing wonderful, man. man. Good, oh, good. man, I'm, I'm a Jets fan, so I'm calling you're, up. I'm glad to hear that you're uh, not talking about the Cardinals because I don't even think people in Arizona want to talk about the Cardinals. Nobody wants to talk about the Cardinals, dude, <laughs> nobody.
1: Hey, nobody. well, listen, guys, nobody. come on. You know, one thing about it right now, I can say this. I can say this yeah. with, with great confidence yes, right. that your team is no better than any other team right now because we're all undefeated.
2: Well, you know, you know what? Let me say one thing here. The Jets were 75-1 to to get to the Super Bowl, or I might be mistaken, 75-1 to get to the playoffs without Brett Favre. Now they are 15-1
3: to to get into the playoffs. It's all a matter when you got that bet in.
1: Hey, hey Brian, but yep. listen now, come on now. You got a guy coming in here, you know, and, and, and we got a guy who's going to join us a little bit later. Uh, a good friend of mine, a great friend of mine, going back to my college days, and I, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but actually a former Dallas Cowboy wide receiver Uh, And a very good one, too, by the name of Doug Donnelly And Doug is going to join us a little bit later and talk to us a little bit about, you know, the kind of adjustments that they're going to have to go through, and particularly Brett Favre trying to adjust to this new system. Brian, what do you think? You think it's going to be that easy for him to step right in and play this game?
3: No, actually, that's why I was calling, because I'm I'm tired of hearing. You know, as a Jets fan, I'm happy that he's here, because now – We can go out and we don't have teams just coming in and keying in on a a short pass defense and shutting us down because there's absolutely zero threat of throwing a long ball. Uh, So there's going to be an advantage there. But you know this team only won four games last season. It's and it's going to take at least ten wins to get to the playoffs in this division. And the reality is, it's not going to happen. It's going to be fun to watch. I'm going to go to the games. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to root for Brett. I'm glad he's here. But let's be realistic. The man's had the playbook for what three days? Yes. And we cannot expect that Brett Favre, although he is Hall of Fame quarterback, you can't expect he's going to have the same year he had last year, even if he was still in Green Bay. You you just can't expect that. It's too much to ask. So he's going to take a team that he's never been with to that same type of performance he had last year. It's just not. It's not going to happen.
1: I agree with you, and I know, fan man, you, you've gotten an opinion about Brett Favre. You, you, I think you've been a fan of Brett throughout the show, but what do you think about this adjustment period he's going to have going into uh, the Jets organization and being able to, you, you know, win a few games?
2: Well, I think the professional that he is, I, I think it'll take him probably two to, I would say four to five weeks to really get comfortable. I, I saw it on the news the other day, they had him, uh, he made a mistake, and the coach made him run around. Run around right. the field. <laughs> that was funny. Like, Once hey man, a you better of the Jets fans. Yeah, yeah, you better you better get uh, get your sh- yeah. I'm sorry, you but you better get your act together quickly. Uh, the Jets Jet, the Jet fans are going crazy in, in New York, and good for them. And I'm glad and happy. But I think Brett is going to I think Brett is going to show the Packers and everybody else in the NFL what he's really made of, and I think this year is going to be an incredible year for him.
1: Well,
3: yeah, I, I believe- mean it'll be, he's got a couple of positives working for him. Obviously, one the fact that he's Brett Favre, but right. The the New York fans have already embraced him. He's got Bubba Franks, uh, so don't forget about that. There's a comfort level already, and for anybody out there in fantasy world, uh, fantasy sports world, they should be picking up Bubba Franks because if he's on goal line, he's getting the ball. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there is some transition there that will help, but like you said, it's going to take four or five weeks for him to get comfortable, Mm -hmm. and you know what that means in in a season that doesn't last but 16 games? That means you're not making the playoffs.
2: Yeah, but we had a guy on last week, uh, Bra- what's your name again? Brian. Brian, we had a guy on last week that said that, you know, the the Packers lost five, they, they had let me go back to what he said. They were, they were losing five games, and in the last five minutes of each one of those games, Brett Farr came back and, and, and pulled the game off. And I think that's what's going to happen in New York. I think once he settles down a little bit after the second game, maybe the third game, he's going to start putting it on. I think the team's going to rally around him. The fans are already around him. So I think it's going to be uh, really, really interesting. Uh, and the Cardinals play the Jets. So that's going to be really cool.
1: <laughs> well, let me just say this man. A Brian, I agree. I think
3: I think I I I hope you're right as a Jets fan, but I mean maybe this is a question you can ask Doug as far as how long it's going to take to get comfortable and and can he do that? I don't know because yes, he did come back in the last 5 minutes of some games and pull that out, but you do that and Ray, you know this as a football player. You when you can do that when you know and you can react to the guys that are around you, and you can get in their heads, and you know each other so well, and you know the system so well that you just have a feel for each other on the field. And if they don't have that feel, you're not going to have that kind of five-minute, I know where he's going to be, all i got to do is let the ball go, and he's going to be there. You can't expect that kind of relationship to develop in that little amount of time.
1: Hey, Brian, let me just say here's what's going to happen, and, and it's interesting that they got a quote from Marty Schottenheimer, because Marty's son, I believe, perhaps is either the quarterback or the offensive coordinator up there in New York. And uh, it's interesting, this exact same thing happened to me. As a matter of fact, I remember back where uh, I actually was picked up by the Browns on a Monday, and on Wednesday I was in the huddle in in the starting unit. And what happens is what they'll try to do is they'll try to condense the defense or the offense in this case uh, to a, a, a smaller package. And also, what they'll do is they'll take some similar, uh, let's say, let's say the pass routes will be something that perhaps maybe will be something that you're accustomed to. Let's say that you know one guy's going to run a nine, which is a go. You know, another guy's going to run, you know, perhaps maybe a seven, you know, which is a uh, a flag. You know, somebody else is, is going to run something on like the flat or one or whatever. And and what they'll try to do is they'll those three pass patterns. You may use some terminology in Green Bay. And what they'll do is they'll okay. Here's the pass patterns. Okay, right. what do you call that? Okay, and Brett'll tell you what he calls that. And he says, okay, to 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 us, this is what, this is what we how we identify that play. And so what he'll do, he'll try to take those two languages. It's no difference in when you say I want a cheeseburger. Well, how do they say cheeseburger in Japan? It's the same thing. You want a cheeseburger, but you know you s- try to say it in their language. So that he's just gonna have to try to learn what that terminology is. Now another thing that's gonna happen. Is the what's going to be most important to him is the opposing defense and being able to pick up their scheme and their blitz packages. Now, once he's able to master that, and he knows that he, when he sees a blitz package, he knows who he's going to key on. He knows who to look at. You know whether he's you know he's reading the uh, I don't care if it's a linebacker. He's reading. I don't care if it's uh, you know if it's the safety. He's reading. Many times at the line of scrimmage, you'll see the quarterback point to somebody. And once he, do, he does that, he's identified that's the person that the, the running back or somebody's going to blick a, uh, pick up in the event that he comes and he blitzes. But what you've got to do is when that blitz package shows itself, the receivers have to then be able to adjust. And then Brett has to know that what the adjustment is going to be. Is it going to be a quick slant or is it going to be a go? Or, you know, what is that route going to be? And, uh, and you'll, it'll, you'll be able to see it because the receiver will go one way and the ball will be thrown someplace else. Well, you know,
2: you know what, Ray? He's going to be playing his first game on Saturday, I think. So it should be very interesting to see how far he, he has picked up. You'll see it real quickly.
1: Hey, fan man, if I were at Fantasy Leagues, and we're going to have, of course, we're going to have Eric Butts from Butts and Butts Fantasy Sports join us at half past the hour and talk a little bit about fantasy football. But in particular, they're going to talk about the wide receivers. But here's what I would say. What the New York Jets are probably going to have to do in order to win football games is establish the run. They're going to have to yeah. really establish the run. And one thing good about Brett, you know, he's, he's had a good, you know, run offense last year. They had a really good one last year. And something else I think is favorable to Brett, which will be easy for him to adapt to. It's going to be cold in New York, but he comes from a cold-weather team, so he, he will still be able to throw those deep balls when perhaps maybe – People aren't accustomed to seeing them being thrown and completed. Hey, hey Brian, into who's the running
2: back for the uh, for the Jets now?
1: Well, it's, it's
3: Thomas Jones and committee. We got Thomas Jones and about six other guys. We got hey, but that's a good one. So we know well,
2: I know that name. Thomas Jones played for the Cardinals.
3: Well, yeah. <laughs> hey, but wait a second, guys. No, he did really good in Chicago. I mean, I think the benefit that he uh, that he's going to have is they the, the Jets have done a really good job of picking up. A lot of players in the off season and shoring up the line, and the line will be a lot improved over last year. The pressure, certainly, as Ray said, the pressure is going to be on the running game. Uh, if, if, Tom and J- if Thomas Jones can get his act together and be the player that he's supposed to be, then and maybe this line is what he needed.
2: Mm-hmm. Then.
3: Uh, Maybe we have something good going here. Well, he never had the line in,
2: in Phoenix, and no, never he never had, had
3: a line ever, ever, I, ever. ever. I mean, he,
2: college. I, 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 you know what? When I saw him play in college, and, I went, and when the Cardinals drafted him, I, of course I got excited, and of course that went down the toilet real quick. But uh, I, you know, if, if, if the O line on the Jets can can uh, open, like Ray said, open up that running game, that'll give uh, Brett Far a little bit of, a little bit of peace, and uh, maybe uh, I'm looking at the Jets right now, probably going eight and eight, maybe maybe uh, nine seven. Hey, there, we got I, music I, there. We,
1: I'm sorry, guys. Whenever than. we get music, we got to take a break. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Damn, man, we'll be right back after this message.
0: The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred.
4: I'm Joe Wood, president of Famous Footwear. We are a proud sponsor of March of Dimes' premier walking event, March for Babies, formerly known as Walk America. More babies begin healthy lives because of March of Dimes' research and programs. And with our support, we can do even more for families all over America. One day, all babies will be born healthy, but we have to walk to get there. Join the March for Babies. Sign up at marchforbabies.org.
0: School to the pros, we we, we cover, everything. cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports <laughs>
1: Yes, yeah, we're listening yeah. to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network with the number one co-host yeah. in the world. Hey, man. And I'm a true believer that defense wins ball games. so I'm hoping that the Jets are able to shore up their defense. But we got a guy, Holden, who may not agree with me because, you know, wide receivers, they're just a little, they're a little bit different. You know, they're the pretty boys and they score all the touchdowns. But we got former wide receiver for the Dallas Cowboys on the line with us, and we got Doug Donnelly. Doug, welcome to the show.
2: Thanks. Great to be here. Hey, Doug, how you doing, fan man? Real good.
1: Hey, Brian, you still with us? Yeah, okay. I'm still here, right? Okay, Brian. Hey, Brian, I got a good friend of mine and actually, you know, former teammate at the Ohio State University, but somebody, you know, of course he and I were in a few battles when he was with the Dallas Cowboys, but I'm going to ask Doug uh, you know, to make a comment, and then you can you can respond to that, Brian. Doug, we're talking about Brett Favre and him making that adjustment going up there to uh, the Jets and being able to, to grasp that playbook, of which Brady Quinn has already told you guys how big playbooks are. Uh, how tough of that adjustment is going to be for him, Doug?
5: Well, you know, Brett's, we all know how long Brett's been in the league, and he's a football player. And, you know, no matter what that playbook says, you know, when that ball snaps, he— he he, ad libs. <laughs> so I think he'll do fine. Um, you know, I think that he's, you know, going to battle, you know, the the new the new team, the new teammates. You know, timing, those type of issues, and the new system. But you know, when it comes to improvising, no one's better at it than Brett. Hey, Doug, fan yeah. man, do you think that was a good move on the Jets' part? I don't, quite honestly. I mean, I'm a I'm a Favre fan. You know, I, I've what he's done, but you know, I just don't think that you know if you're building a team for the future, you know that's not your best move. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you and that's why the Packers wanted to move on because they wanted to look to the future and they knew that you know Aaron Rodgers was the future. So, well,
2: well you know, you know, you know, it's funny, Doug. Rodgers did pretty good in that in that
5: um, uh, preseason game. Oh well, you know, when he came down last year, when the Packers came down and played the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. When Favre got hurt, you know, we were just killing the Packers. And then Rodgers came in and really almost brought him back. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it's it's hard to play in this league at, at 38, 39 years old. And I don't think, you know, there's only been one quarterback that's taken a team to the playoffs at that age. So um, I don't think anyone should think that they could get these grandiose ideas that uh, – you no, he's going to be the savior for the Jets.
2: Well, you know you're a former NFL player, Ray's a former NFL player. I'm just a fan, but you know when you look at the when you look at the Brett Favre situation in Green Bay, and when you know it was either they t- they kicked him out, they said hey you're done, forget about it, or he turned around and said hey I'm retiring, I, I-, I can't do this, I can't do this anymore. Me and Ray have gone back and forth with debates with a lot of guests over the last few weeks about this, but you know I think the Packers wanted an answer from him right away, and he said no you're going to wait. And they said, "Well, we got to move on," and they're they're going to move on with the younger talent. Of course, he's oh, thirty nine or thirty eight, whatever
5: he is. Um, so, what, how do
2: you feel about that? What what, uh, what opinion do you have on that?
5: Well, I think that again, I I understand where the Packers are in this situation, and I understand, you know, trying to walk away from football like Brett. It's you know a lot easier said than done, and he wanted to you know think about it, and he changed his mind, like a lot of the guys that retire do, but. If, if you're the Packers and you're the GM owner of the Packers and the head coach, um, you know you've got a season to prepare for, and you know you can't be held in limbo by one guy, even though he's the greatest player, one of the greatest players to ever play in the franchise. So, um, again, I think the Packers did the right thing, and I think they're glad it turned out the way it did.
1: Hey guys, I'm going to change the subject a little bit here because uh, you know Doug and I went through a situation in our college days where. Uh, you know, Woody was faced with a situation where he had a guy who'd been on, on his team there for a few years and was close to being an All-American quarterback and, and made a switch uh, to move forward and, uh, and go with Art Sleetster, you know, bringing up a name from the past. But uh, you had different people that were on different sides of the fence. So let's just talk about team chemistry, if you will, Doug, about that, and then we're going to start talking about some Cowboy stuff. How do you think that will affect team chemistry, knowing that you and I went through something similar of, of that nature?
5: a doubt. I mean, team chemistry is huge. I mean, when down when you know, the Danny White, Gary Hogaboom uh, controversy was going on, you know, Hogaboom was the, the player's choice, you know, he was the guy's guy that everyone liked and, and so when all that was going on that was divisive in the team and so um, the one thing that Fav is I think he's a he's a locker room guy and the guys are gonna like him so I think he'll he'll bring some chemistry to the team but now, Ray, you know as well as I did when, when Art came in as a freshman, hadn't done anything, and was handed the starting job. Um, you know that was that was tough for a lot of guys, even though they kept Rod on the field as right. a uh, wide receiver. Um, you know we didn't have a very good year that year, and I think the first <laughs> game there was several interceptions, and uh, so you can't uh, underestimate the value of team chemistry.
1: Right okay let's let, let's move on a little bit I mean you got you got a guy on the phone play for the Dallas Cowboy who still lives there in the Dallas area and obviously supporting the team Doug, give us a little insight what what's going on down there in, in the big D and and you know there is a lot of pressure for you guys to get it done this year
5: yep you know the Cowboys have a lot of talent you know they uh, they kind of peaked a little early and, and didn't finish too well last year but uh, you know they've got you know Jason Garrett the, the Know, assistant head coach now that got his second year under his belt now or this will be his second year and so um you know great quarterback situation you know they've got some an unbelievable offensive line i mean the size of this offensive line and then you've got you know T O and um felix jones and marion barber in the backfield so uh you know and then old jerry added Pac man jones and so they've got they're loaded they've got a good football team um, but you know as well as I do, um, a lot of things have to fall into place for you to, you know, win football games. You've got to be uh, properly motivated. You've got to have a head coach that's going to make the guys toe the line, be ready to play every week. Uh, and then you have to have some good things fall in place. So it's not all just about talent, but you have to have uh, that leadership at the top that can keep these guys in line.
1: Hey, Brian, you still with us? Is Brian still there? I heard a click. OK, well, that's OK, because I was going to ask Brian, what do you think the percentage of chance was that the Jets would represent the AFC and play the Dallas Cowboys in the Super Bowl? But since he's not there to uh, to answer that question, uh, I know that everybody thinks that perhaps maybe the pressure's on. I mean, Doug, very few times have teams been able to go back to back in terms of uh, Super Bowl appearances. So I think the majority of people do not expect the Giants to end up in the Super Bowl again, but they do expect the Cowboys do you think that it is a Super Bowl or bust for the Cowboys this year?
5: I think so, yeah. I, th- I think that everyone feels that way in Dallas. And, you know, if you look at, you know, where they're projecting teams to finish, you know, I think the Cowboys are, are right behind New England as far as projected games to win. And, you know, you look at the Giants, and I think, you know, they're picking the Giants to win nine games this year. So I don't think anyone's expecting the Giants other than maybe the people up in New York. Although, you know, I think that was just a. Just a fluke year for them, the way they pulled that off. But I don't, I don't expect them to be there, but I think everyone does feel like the Cowboys don't make it to the... Hey, Doug,
2: you know who I expect to be there? I expect the Redskins to be there. Are you kidding? No, I'm not kidding you. <laughs> I think the Redskins are going to pull it out. I got to I, I, you know, they played very well last week, and I've been saying it to Ray a couple of weeks ago. I think the Redskins have something going on down there. And I'm not a Redskins fan. I'm an Eagles fan, of course. Right. But I just feel that the... I think Dallas is going to be there. I think it's going to be between Dallas and Washington this year.
5: You know, I I don't I don't have that good a feel for Washington. I mean, I don't know. I know I, I like their new their quarterback, their young quarterback, and uh, mm-hmm. you know they've added some good talent too. So that that NFC East is a good division. It's, it's always been.
1: It's a yeah. great division. Hey Doug, let me ask you something. Uh, with the fact that Jim Zorn is the head coach and the quarterback coach going in. Uh, and he's got a pretty good quarterback there, do you think that would give them some advantage in terms of their preparation for games?
5: Without a doubt. I think Zorn and getting a guy like that, again, I think you can underestimate the value of coaches. You know, Zorn, um, I think it's going to be a great asset to to that quarterback and and going to open up their offense just like uh, I think Jason Garrett's done here in Dallas. So I think that's going to have a huge impact. Hey, Doug,
2: I have a question for you. Pac-Man Jones, how's that being received in Dallas?
5: You know what? Surprisingly, it's been pretty good. And, you know, Pac-Man's asked that he not be called Pac-Man anymore. And,
2: That's right, guys.
5: You know, and so he, uh, you know, I think he's trying to do everything and, and, and toe the line. Um, you know, hopefully when, you know, he gets back on top and he starts performing and gets a couple of interceptions and, you know, you don't fall back into those old ways, you know. Mm-hmm. When you're just coming out of the out of the bottom, it's easy to toe that line. So, But, you know, so far the Cowboys are, and the fans are – Excited about him. And, of course, you know, it's, hey, if if you can perform, then people are going to be behind you. So that's, hey, that's kind of the nature of the league.
1: Hey, Doug, I want to change the subject a little bit here. And I, I want to talk a little bit about the wide receiver position. And I think many times, you know, people just look at the wide receiver. They, they think they're prima donnas. You know, they're pretty boys. Uh, you know, always wanting people to throw the ball to them. But, you know, I have a, a son who is 15 years old. And, and one thing that I emphasize to him in terms of his play and being a team player is his blocking. Tell me how much are the receivers really expected to block and how much of, of, of your game, was that a part of your game?
5: Well, you know, coming from Ohio State, you know, I was a wide guard. You know, I don't know if it was a <laughs> wide receiver, but it was a wide guard, so um, you know, blocking was important, and, and you look at the, the elite receivers in the league, you know, um, those guys do go downfield and block. Now, you do have some prima donnas that just don't go down there and just don't feel like that that's part of their job, but you know the top receivers do and you know it's key and you know they've relaxed the rules a little bit so that you can use your hands and actually go down and block and and uh you know i used to have to you know crack back and, and do all those things at 185 pounds and uh you know it's part of the game and that's something you have to do and uh like i say that you know you look at t.o t.o's a great blocker you know and he also likes to you know, get the ball every play, but he's going to go down there and he's going to give you 100% every play.
1: Well, I know we're going to have, as I said, we're going to have Eric Butts here lately who's going to speak a little bit about uh, fantasy football, and in particular today we're going to focus on the wide receivers. But I I would say this from my perspective, you know, looking at a fantasy guy uh, at the running back position, I would look at his wide receivers. And a wide receiver can extend the run. For a running back, you know, 5, 10, 15 yards, provided he gets out, and, and he just gets in front of somebody and keeps his body there.
5: That's exactly right. He doesn't have to do much. But just screen him, you know, let that running back make a move and, and go, and, and that can break a long run right there. That's exactly right. I mean, the longest run in, in that NFL history I was a part of, and, and uh, I was on the sideline, unfortunately, but Drew Pearson was running downfield shielding the guy on, uh, for Dorsett, you know, and he was just in his way that got Tony in the end zone.
1: Well, you know, man, you mentioned Tony Dorsett, one of the greatest running backs there ever played this game of football, and, and I was fortunate to play against him. But, uh, Doug, hold on. We've got to take a break. Whenever you hear music, we have to take a break. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Amen. We're in Phoenix, living like it matters. We'll be right back after this break.
0: The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred.
3: They need ass and move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a
5: mistake. crazy. <laughs>
0: NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up or forever hold your mouth.
5: We playing around here.
0: Voice America Sports.
6: If you love sports and like food Or like sports and love food Or are anywhere in between Sports Bites might just become one of your favorite ways to spend your lunch break Broadcasting Thursdays at 12 o'clock noon on the West Coast It's Sports Bites with Chef Dye A delicious, enlightening, and entertaining mix of sports, food, and celebrity athletes Yummy Don't miss Sports Bites with Chef Dye Thursdays at noon on the Voice America Sports Channel
4: It's a beauty. It's a ball deep right field.
3: Back goes O'Neal. He's the... shot. got it. With 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here.
0: From high school to the pros, we, we, cover, everything. we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports.
3: Uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah. Uh-huh.
1: That's right, you're go listening go to Rail of Sports uh-huh. on the Voice of America Network With the number one co-host in the world Baby. And we've just been, uh, you know, blessed with having a, a great wide receiver with us Who played for the Dallas Cowboys I forgive him from that for that, he's a good friend of mine one of the best receivers that come out of the Ohio State University, Mr. Doug Downey. Doug, you still with us?
5: I'm still here, Ray.
1: Okay. Uh, hey, Eric, I believe Eric is supposed to be joining us, and we're going to talk a little fantasy football, and In particular, we're going to talk about wide receivers. Eric, are you there?
7: I am here, Ray. How are you today?
1: I'm doing wonderful. Eric, you got to forgive me, man. I, I appreciate the fact that you are going to be joining us here on the Voice America Network with Butts and Butts Fantasy Sports, but i got to apologize. 8 21
7: at 7 p.m. on Voice America Sports, but man, but Fantasy Sports Show.
1: Man, that's exciting. I, and, and listen, there is no way I Thank should you. not treat you like this by having a Dallas Cowboy on the line, but I had to do it.
7: Listen, I'm a fantasy guy. I've told you before. Oh, that's You're right. You're going to hear my number two receiver this year, this year is T.O., where a lot of people have Reggie Wayne. So when it comes to fantasy sports, my colors go down, and I'm all about who's going to score me the most points.
1: (laughs) Okay, why don't you do this, Eric? Again, why don't you just for those who may be listening for the first time, and including Doug as well, let's explain a little bit about how this fantasy league that you work, that you have, how it works, and then talk a little bit about your show, and then we're going to go in and talk about, I believe, the wide receivers today. Am I right?
7: That is correct.
1: Okay, go ahead. Tell us a All little right. bit about so, this. Butts
7: and Butts Sports Radio Show Thursday night, seven p.m. Voice America Sports. We've invented a game called Fantasy Suicide. Uh, it's it's works like a suicide pool does, where you have to pick a different person every week. But it's with fantasy football, so you can pick whoever you want in the league, but know that you can only pick them once. So it becomes important to look at matchups to know everyone can use Peyton Manning once this year, but who's going to use him in the right week when he blows up, and who's going to have him uh, on the field the week that he throws no touchdowns and two interceptions.
1: Wow, it's,
7: it's going to be a very easily scored league. Touchdowns are six points. Each ten yards a running back runs or a receiver catches for is one point. Okay. It's that simple, but it's really going to take fantasy football into a little bit of a different class because everyone's going to have to think of it so much differently than how they've looked at fantasy football in the past years.
1: Wow. Okay, so uh, with that being said and done, okay, uh, you know, some of your rankings out there, you know, in terms of who you have down as the best wide receiver, you told us who your number two guy is. Uh, I think I know who your one, number one guy is. I'm going to ask Doug. Hey, Doug, who do you think would be the number one wide receiver in, in fantasy football?
5: Well, I would have to say probably Randy Moss.
7: If I had anyone else but Randy Moss, I would want you guys to hang up the phone on. <laughs> so I'm going to go down quickly. My top ten is Randy Moss at one, T.O. at two, Braylon Edwards at three, Reggie Wayne at four, Andre Johnson at five, your boy Larry Fitzgerald at six, although that's really going to depend on whether Warner's throwing them the ball or Leonard's throwing them the ball. Uh, then we've got Marquise Colston at seven, T.J. Majada. At eight, Chad Johnson at nine, and rounding it out with Roy Williams at Alliance
1: at number 10. Hey, Doug, now you just heard that, again, it's his fantasy, you know, it has a lot to do with, you know, who's throwing you the ball. But, you know, of course, we know who's throwing the ball to Randy Moss. We know who's throwing the ball to T.O. Owens. Uh, you know, looking at the receivers today, who do you think, besides Randy, and you guys got a good one, T.O., the rest of them, who do you think is the third and fourth best and fifth best receiver out there?
5: Man, there's, a, there's just a good crew. You know, I, I do think that Randy and T.O. are kind of, you know, maybe a step above. And then you've got, you know, the, the Colstons, who's a great player, Steve Smith, you know, Fitzgerald, you know, Plaxico, if he can keep his head straight. You know, he's a great receiver. Um, Chad Johnson, who you saw last night, I don't know if you saw him interviewed on the, on the game. Yes, but yes. <laughs> he was, uh, was kind of interesting. So uh, you know, Always just, interesting. Yeah, he is. They, they, the guys kind of chuckled after that uh, interview. And What was he saying?
7: Yeah, you, you, you watch his interview, and that's the feeling I had when it was over. It was, okay, he talked for a while. I have no idea what he was saying. No, I, I didn't get it either.
1: Hey, I would just, you know, if I, as a defensive back, and, and, and one thing about it, uh, you know, a defensive back, there's a couple things you want to take in consideration when you line up against a wide receiver. First thing you better know and, and this is what I always was aware of the fact whenever Doug Donnelly lined up in front of me. There was a reason why they called him White Lightning. I had to be aware of the speed. You had to know the football speed of the person in front of you. Now, and Doug will tell you this himself, who I watched in amazement, watched Doug and a few other guys run 6160s 60s. Uh, you know, football speed is different than track speed. And and with that being said, you know, there's a guy here within these receivers that I watch, and I, I'm really amazed at him. And he may be, and he is a character. But I'm telling you guys, Chad Johnson is a hell of a wide receiver. And I, I think he needs to be up there a little bit higher than what he is. Doug, what do you, what do you think about Chad? And, and let's forget, you know, the head case that he is. But what do you think about him as a receiver?
5: Well, there's no question. When you you put the, the elements and all the things necessary to be a great wide receiver, he has them. Um, you know, if he keeps his head in the game and, and, you know, is you know, mentally prepared and mentally in each play, I mean, the guy's got all the tools. And, uh, you know, he said all the right things, I think, last night. But uh, there's no doubt he's got all the tools.
7: Hey, so fan I man? Would want him on my fantasy team. Would you guys want him on your football team, the you know kind of negative influence he could be in the locker room and to other teammates? Would you want him on your squad? Why is he being so negative?
1: Well, I would say this, uh, you know, I would say this, you know, Chad, you know, one thing that Chad said, I'm, probably, I'm sure it probably caught a lot of people by surprise when he said that he talked to Ray Lewis in the offseason. And Ray, of course, has been somebody who's, who's had some off-the-field problems, you know. But I think Ray, you know, it, it was a wake-up call to him. And, and I think Ray, you know, has said to Chad, hey, you're not bigger than this game. And you have to realize that. And, and there's a few things that you need to change. You can t- tone it down a little bit, and you can still do the things that you want to do. But you've got to tone it down, you know, just a little bit. But, yes, I would want him on my team. He's a football player. Just like Brett has fun in his own way, and this guy has fun in his own way. But these are very good football players. And I, if I could have the choice of having them on my team or play against him, I would have him on my team. And, uh, you know, Doug, what do you think about that?
5: Well, without a doubt. I mean, you, you see guys that are problem players and and. In the wrong atmospheres and then they get into a different environment a different atmosphere people accept them um they know how to treat them um you know that then they flourish and there's guys like that and so hopefully you know with the, the talk that chad had with ray lewis and, and those type of things i mean guys mature over time and, and it's amazing what happens how they start performing when they mature and and learn that they aren't bigger than the game and learn you know, that uh, it, it's a blessing to be where they are and they want to make the most of it. And so, um, you know, you just can't judge a book by its cover all the time when you see these guys in bad situations because, you know, they're not bad guys. Sometimes they're just in bad situations and they make bad decisions.
7: Yeah, I really so, I'm really a silly guy, Ch- so I dealt with T.O. for years. So uh, I'm fine with someone who's, who's an attitude problem, but to me, someone who puts themselves in front of their team, is someone who I
2: wouldn't want in my locker room. Well, changing the subject, getting to the Cardinals and to the New Orleans Saints, everybody watched that game 24-10, to 10, the New Orleans won. What's everybody's opinion of the Cardinals this year?
1: Well, I think, you know, the Cardinals, again, the Cardinals is going to be a team of which, uh, you know, nobody knows what the identity of this team is. I mean, we have just saw... Uh, You know, this uh, soap opera happened in the media with Brett Favre. You know, we've just got a quiet version of that going on here in terms of who's going to be this quarterback. And I think until you can establish, you know, who's going to be that quarterback, who's going to take the lead, uh, you know, I think they're still going to have an identity problem. It's like, you know, identity theft is going on here. But for me, I believe that the quarterback of this team uh, you know, you know what I believe, fan man. You well, know, you know, I, I, you like know I, uh, I like Kurt Warner. I like Kurt Warner. I
2: watched that game, and you know, they, the defense I, I thought was terrible. The other part of it was Jaws, who you know, Jaworski was saying, you know, leave, leave, uh, uh, you know, Matt in the game. Let him, let him show what he can do. And they took him out of the game. Kurt Warner's walking up and down the sidelines, pissed off. He looked pissed to me that he wanted to be in the game, and I don't think he needs to be in the game. He's already proven to everybody with two Super Bowl. Rings and he played last year and took the team, team eight and eight. He doesn't need to go out there and get hurt. And I think you're right, right? They're, it's 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 quiet here, quiet in Phoenix about that. And what's going to happen? And then they put Saint Pierre in, and you know what happens from there. So,
1: well, Doug, I mean, you, like you said, you've been on a team where there's been quarterback controversy. But do, do you believe that the best man should win the job?
5: Oh, without a doubt. I mean, you know, you just the best man, the guy with the most experience, the the, the Guy that has the most chemistry with the team, all those factors, and uh, you know, I didn't hear who you said you liked. I was kind of curious. Who do you like? Between?
2: I, I like I like Kurt Warner.
1: Yeah,
5: I like just- Kurt
2: Warner too. I want to see Warner in there. I think I, I, my feeling is that Matt should be learning from Kurt Warner, and he shouldn't be in there until until Warner decides to retire.
5: Well, you know, just That's because just because Liner was the the high dra- draft choice that he was doesn't ensure his success. I mean, you know, we look at Ryan Leaf, and you know. Um,
2: and Doug, I you're 100. Doug, you're 100 right. When, he, when when the Cardinals drafted him, everybody in Phoenix went crazy right. because the guy was so great at U, USC. But he also had uh, Reggie Bush with him too, at a great O line. And he was the king. I mean, they were seeing it on TV. He was the king of Huntington Beach. I mean, he walked around. He was the, he was the king. But he's not the king anymore.
5: I don't. I, he, I haven't seen anything from him yet to prove that he's uh, a top tier NFL quarterback, and, and or so you know. That's just my own personal
2: opinion. So, so you, Doug, would you say this year it's make or break for uh, Liner?
5: I mean, if he gets playing time, I mean, if he gets on the field, yeah, I think it's make or break for him. And if he doesn't, then he he can ride it out a little longer. Mm-hmm. But hey, I Doug, think that if he gets on the field, he's going to get exposed.
1: Hey, Doug, I want you to, uh, you know, give your perspective about this. Uh, Famine and I, uh, you know, off the air, had a conversation earlier this week, and uh, it was brought to the attention to the people here in the area here in the in the Valley of the Sun, that uh, they were sharing reps in practice. Now, from your experience, uh, tell people, if you will, sharing reps at the quarterback position. What, what 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 do you read into that?
7: Well,
5: you know,
1: and the starting unit. I I
5: I think that you know I think that when they share reps, and whenever I've seen that share reps, it's it's a it's a way to show people that, hey, we're trying to make this an open competition. And I still believe that they know who their quarterback is, but they're sharing reps, so they just didn't say they gave the job to whoever the coaches are leaning to, towards. And hopefully they're leaning towards Warner, but, you know, they've got to share reps, you know, and maybe it is so they can get a feel for who they want, but i got to believe that the, the coaches on that team, they know who they want to be their quarterback, and they're sharing reps, um, you know, just so that uh, – you know, they feel like they gave someone a chance.
1: I think that's, that's a great answer for me. Hey, listen, I just want to, do, uh, I want to do some justice to Eric, and I want to be sure that we get a chance to finish a little bit about the wide receivers there. We're going to have some music pretty soon. So, Eric, let, let's jump back a little bit more because I think there's some other people out there who are involved in fantasy football. Uh, we're going to have to do it after the break because I told you that music would be coming. You're listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Hey, man. Doug Downey, hold on. Eric, you hold on. We'll be right back after these messages. Uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. So I had
0: to what I had to because I had to give. Your internet flagship station for sports. Hey! Voice America Sports. Up get you to your head.
6: JackLelaine.com presents Jack Lelaine Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network. Each week, Jack is joined by Elaine Lelane and his nephew, bodybuilder, kinesiologist, and personal trainer, Chris Lelane to answer your questions and help you overcome your fitness roadblocks. That's three times the diet and fitness know-how. Three times the entertainment. Tune in every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific to Jack Lelane Live on the Voice America Health and Wellness Radio Network.
1: That's right. Speak up. We are to Ray Ellis, Sports on the Voice of America Network with the number one co-host in the world,
7: Fan Man.
1: Fan Man, you be sure you speak up before we end the show and say something about the Olympics as we close out. But I believe Eric's still there, and we want to talk a little bit <laughs> about fantasy sports and the wide receivers. You still there, Eric? I sure am. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more. Now we've moved on. You know, we talked a little bit about the Cardinals, and Fan Man's a great fan, and he has to make sure that the people are informed that. You know that fantasy still going on about the Cardinals making it to the playoffs and Super Bowl and all that stuff. So, yeah. hey, I'm actually
7: a believer that that the Cardinals might be one of those sleeper teams this year. So, well, I'm with you guys, Eric, do you really think that? I I do. Well, I what are you with,
2: smoking in Philly?
7: I agree. Well, good stuff. But I agree <laughs> I with bet all of you, you guys that. If Warner is the quarterback, I think they have a good chance of surprising people. Uh, I agree with you there.
1: Okay, well, I think, I think that's a consensus there amongst all of us if he's yep. the quarterback, but I, I don't think he is. But tell us a little bit more about some of these other wide receivers that the listeners probably want to know about. Who else you got there that all you right, think? here's what
7: I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you five people that, that you could get in later rounds that could be a good sleeper pick, and then I'm going to give you five people that I think are going to be a buff this year. Okay. So, so starting first with my sleepers. Being able to get a guy like Marvin Harrison, who's ranked somewhere in between the 17th and 23rd receiver, to me is a steal. I would not pick Reggie Wayne, you know, with the first couple of receivers picks. I would sit back and wait to grab Marvin Harrison, or uh, also too Gonzalez. I know we talked about him a little bit last
6: week. That's
1: right.
7: Gonzalez's pick to go somewhere in between 37 and 43 in every uh, cheat sheet that I saw. So I think Anthony Gonzalez could be a guy who would be a steal in a later round in the draft. Uh, also, too, you got Donald Driver with with uh, you know Favre out of Green Bay. Rogers looked good last night, and Donald Driver is going to be his go to guy, and he doesn't look like he's lost a step.
3: Okay. So uh,
7: I really like being able to pick up him late. Uh, Also like Jericho Cotri, who is now the guy who Brett Favre is throwing to. Mm. I think he's a young receiver. Mm -hmm. I think he came on a little bit towards the end of last year, and I think you're going to see big things coming from him this year. Okay. And my last is Dante Stallworth. I think Stallworth, uh, actually I have two last. Stallworth, who's now with Cleveland, Uh, I think he is going to be the number two receiver there. I think they're going to have a big offensive year, and I think he's going to benefit. And then I also have a guy ranked... Way, way low down, Drew Bennett, who is now with the St. Louis Rams. He was a stud uh, playing for Tennessee, and I really think that this year with Isaac Bruce out and Drew Bennett in, you are going to see uh, a possibly top 20 wide receiver before the end of the year.
1: Okay, who, who, do, you, who do you think is going to be a bust? And I'm going to ask Doug to comment on these guys. You call them busts.
7: I got my bust. One of them he mentioned as one of his uh, top receivers. I think Steve Smith this year is going to have a subpar year. I think he already started off the season in in the wrong direction with the problems he's had in camp. And I just see him as being a guy who could kind of dip off a little bit this year. I think Roddy White of Atlanta people have as being in the top 15 wide receivers. I just don't see it. Uh, I think Wes Welker is going to come back down to earth a little bit. Uh, people are going to really start to, to key in on him and not let him just sit there and open parts of the field to catch balls. Mm-hmm. Brandon Marshall, I think, is going to have a rough year. Uh, and I, Another guy who's just had off-the-field problems for a while that I think is going to catch up with him. And then Greg Jennings. Uh, he was pretty much the go-to guy last year in Green Bay. I think he's going to come back down to earth a little bit. Donald is going to be the man, and I think you're going to see other young guys like that guy jones for green bay who caught that incredible touchdown last night where it looked like he lost his helmet and his head and then uh stormed into the end zone i think you're going to see some young guys take over what greg jennings was last year and be that guy for the packers this year
1: hey doug anything uh, any comments on uh, on the things that he just mentioned
7: well i'd
5: agree with him on steve smith i mean I kind of mentioned him and i i think that you know he may he may drop off a little bit this year and he's obviously obviously off to a bad start but the guy I think that, you know, had a great year last year that I think is probably going to duplicate it is, is Welker. I mean, I can't believe that he had that kind of year. Um, I know teams are going to be, you know, trying to key on him, but, I mean, they, they tried to key on him, I think, near the end of the year and had a difficult time with it. I mean, when you got all the weapons that they do, um, and the guy has a knack for getting open, he has a knack for catching the ball, and I don't see that changing.
7: And I agree with you, Doug, and, and, and you know, if we're talking regular football on um, I'm saying is I think he's going to get drafted too high. I yeah. think people look at him and say you know, he's, they're going to put him up with other number one receivers in the league and although he is a, a guy who is a great possession receiver, he did great things last year, I just think someone's going to try and take him in most leagues too high and I think you'd be better off sitting back and letting other people fall to you than going after a Westwell. Yeah,
5: from the fancy aspect I can see what you're saying there. Hey, I think
1: uh, Brian dropped uh, a, a while ago, right? Brian's no longer on the line with this, is he? No, he's not. You know, one thing about Welker, I'll just say as a DB, you know, uh, I, I would continue if I was going to continue to put him in the slot. That just makes it so hard. You know, if you're doubling the guy on the outside, you're going to double up on T.O. You know, you've got a guy there, in, you know, in the middle who's got the quickness that he has. And for me, uh, you know, I've always, you know, many times people talk about possession receivers. Uh, You know, and they equate it with speed. For me, a possession receiver is a guy who when you throw the ball to him, he catches it. And I think he does that extremely well. So, you, you know, if it's not fantasy, I would like to have that kind of guy on oh, my team. I would take
7: him on my team over Chad Johnson if it wasn't
1: fantasy. Oh no! Oh. Now, now you're. I'm a, agree with Fan Man. I, I can't take him. <laughs> I can't <laughs> take him over. It. But let, let's move on, guys. Let me just say. Let's move beyond the individuals now, and and, and let's talk about let's let's talk about teams, and, and particularly let's let's talk about the the AFC because there seems to be, you know. The NFC seems to be the team of which everybody's looking for, and they pretty much know who's going to be the team to come out of there and, and make a Super Bowl appearance. And I think everybody's looking for the Dallas Cowboys. If they don't do it, then you know, a lot of teams will be surprised. Not to say that that's a given and we'll go back there, but let's start with the AFC. And, and let me ask you that, Eric. Over there at the AFC, again, Super Bowl, who do you think could make it into, even surprise people, a sleeper team that would be in the Super Bowl?
7: A sleeper team from the AFC that I think could, could uh, have a big year. You know what? I'm going to say Jacksonville. And I know that's not a super surprise, uh, but I just think they have such a strong team, and I could see them squeaking past the Indianapolis and, and New England of the AFC and sneaking in the Super Bowl. I know it's not a total shocker, but that's who I would go with if I wasn't picking the top two teams.
1: Hey, Doug, what about you?
7: Well, you know, it's funny, because I was going to say
5: Jacksonville, but if you want to pick a sleeper, and again, they're not way down the tier, but, you know, I think Pittsburgh has an outside shot. I mean, they're a good football team. I agree. They've got a lot man. of talent, and, uh, you know, I, I like their quarterback, and I, I just think, you know, if you want to pick a sleeper, I think Pittsburgh would be a good one.
7: They had a great running game last year. They added Mendenhall to it, so I, just, I, I would agree with you uh, to say that uh, Pittsburgh definitely has a chance.
1: What about my man, Fan Man? Fan Man, who you think in the AFC can come out of there as perhaps maybe a sleeper and show up in well, the Super to, Bowl?
2: to be totally honest, I agree with Doug. I, I think Pittsburgh. Um, I think Pittsburgh is going to do very well this year.
7: I'm well, surprised that uh, no I, I, I in San I, Diego, especially you, Fan Man. Being from San Diego, I thought that was who you were going
2: to go with. Who, San Diego? Yeah. Oh, no, 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 Pittsburgh. I like Pittsburgh. I like the East Coast teams. Pittsburgh. Got it. I mean, I think San Diego's going to do good, but I, I think Pittsburgh is ready to. To. to, uh, to they're going to do their stuff this year. They got a very good quarterback like Doug said. They, their O lines solid. I. I just think they're going to do well. Uh, I
1: guys, I, 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 I'm going to go back and I'm going to say Jacksonville. I, you know, it, it wouldn't really be a surprise, and I think you know they were very close anyway. And and I just think uh, the leadership of that team is a team that uh, everybody should be. Uh, very much aware of when they come to town to play you. Let's go over in the NFC real fast and 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 ask some questions and start. Doug, we're going to start off with you. Who do you think uh, you know? Everybody's saying the Cowboys, but let, let's let's say okay, that's a given. Who a sleeper? Give us a sleeper out of the NFC.
5: You know, that's a tough one. I, I again, everyone's giving it to the Cowboys, and I don't think they've taken anyone even close. But if you had to pick someone, you know, you know, I like. I like Washington. I like Philadelphia. Um, you know, gosh, you know, there's just maybe maybe Minnesota. Um, you know, I don't know. They've got a young quarterback there. But I, I would say Washington um, and, and possibly Philadelphia.
1: Okay. Uh, let, me, let me switch it up. Let me go with Fan Man, and then I'll, I'll call on Eric later.
2: Well, I, I totally agree with Doug. I think it's going to be Washington and Philadelphia.
1: Throw it in there real quick, Eric.
7: I'm gonna go with a surprise with the St. Louis Rams. <laughs> hey, that's the way that's tomorrow.
1: what we like here, guys. We like surprises. You got music, that means we gotta go. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice of America Network with the number one co-host in the world. Hey, man. We're in Phoenix living like it matters, and I'll see you next time, which will be the best time.
7: You'll never Now that's what it's all about. You can't take
1: me.